Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? All right, we have a great episode for you today as we have Jaime Rivera finally back on the show. He's been gone for like, I think, over a month at this point. So we check in with him how things are going over on his end. Uh, but then we get into a discussion about Android 11. The beta is finally out. And if you have a Pixel 2 and beyond, uh, all the way to the Pixel 4 XL, which is what Jaime is using, uh, then you can install the Android 11 beta by opting into the program. I literally do that live on the air uh, with my Pixel 3a. And I also kind of explain why the Pixel 3a is the phone that I end up going to more often when a Pixel becomes relevant again. After that, it's all about the announcements that happened on the day of this recording, uh, which included not only the date of WWDC becoming official, but also the PlayStation 5 was finally revealed, and now we have a great look at the hardware as well as the first games to come out at launch. It's a really exciting discussion, and we go in a bunch of different places with this, so enjoy this discussion between myself and Jaime Rivera. Let's go ahead and get started. Oh, actually, before we get started, I do want to just put out there one more time that we do have a very special episode from last week. Our last episode was myself and Thunder E of Board at Work having a conversation about the Black Lives Matter movement. So I do want to make sure that I still point you in that direction. The conversation continues and the fight has to continue. Uh, and if we want to make sure that if you haven't listened to that episode yet, especially if you are curious about what's going on in the world right now, after all, it's dominating the news. Well, one place that you can start is what the conversation that I had with Thunder E at Board at Work. Just go one episode back in the catalog and you'll find that one. And then, you, of course, you have this one, this wonderful discussion between me and Jaime Rivera. I, I don't know why I love this microphone so much. It is a great sounding mic. Um, and like your your dulcet tones of your voice are always a good microphone just makes it come out <laughs> meanwhile me i've had like really bad voice over the last like week i don't know what's going on here i just i'm raspy all the time for some reason really really what would it yeah. be it's no probably idea. called puberty at... you're probably reaching puberty my friend <laughs> i'm going through my i'm going through my second puberty right now <laughs> <laughs> to be honest if i if i had to be honest i think it's a lack of proper rest um my my sleep has been so bad and i mean freaking jaime is just the you are just the the picture of health during quarantine always uh always you, showing off your you workouts about? and stuff <laughs> what are you talking about I'm, I'm working out so that i i god dude so i can gain weight really quickly and therefore for me it's just it's a mess like i have to train if not i become a blob in a week it's crazy I've been tracking the. I, I'm sure my diet has been fine. So I'm. I've been tracking calories and fasting and whatnot. It's just I barely exercise these days, which I know I gotta fix. But the other thing I really gotta fix. I. I have not been sleeping well. Like, I would. I would sleep at like two or three in the morning, wake up closer to noon, and still not feel rested. So I know something's wrong. Hmm. Something's going on, and I gotta fix that. Do you have? Do you have drapes on your windows? I, well, yeah, I, I I practically have no light. This is an artificial light, by the way. So <laughs> I practically have no natural light coming into my room. Then it's puberty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, um, I'm sure uh, so I'm sure everyone. You, the, so good to see you again. It's been a bit. I was about to say it has been a while since we've had you on um, on the show. And. Um, I was already telling the audience, uh, you know, we're not going to get into some of the topics that we've already talked about on the previous episode. I'm just reminding everybody that that episode is available. If you haven't listened to the last episode yet, it was me and Thunder E talking about 
kind of the stuff that's going on in the world right now. And there were a few little things that connected it to our tech world. So I do want to make sure that everybody knows if you haven't listened to it yet, it is available. Um, yeah. Okay. So I wanted to check in with you, just see how you were, uh, how you've been rather since the last, I don't know, I don't know what it's been like three, four weeks, something like that. I don't know. Oh my God. I've been in Honduras for, this is what, this would be three months today. Today is my third month here. It's the first time in four years, five pretty much that I haven't been on a plane in, in so long. It's crazy. It feels odd. Um, you're not getting the, um, I know they call it cabin fever, but I, even I feel like I'm getting it a little bit in the sense of like, it, no one's doing anything wrong. I, I just feel myself being a little bit more irritable than usual. <laughs> in, in my case, I'll tell you this much. Uh, you count your blessings, dude. I, I was traveling, you know, more than the average human. And I was like, that ages you, that ages you a lot. Yeah. Like you don't sleep well, not the same cycles. You have to be in airports really early. Your bag has yeah. to always be packed. And so I had a job in my early twenties that was worse than, you know, from a travel perspective. And if you, I, the other day I was looking at photos of myself at 23, 22, and I'm like, my God, I can't believe I look better at 40. <laughs> So, you know, I count my blessings. Um, this is not ideal, uh, but I have been able to be here with my family, be there for them, um, and in ways that I couldn't have been if I would have been remotely handling the situation. You know, my dad's oh, yeah. already in his, mid, his, in his mid-60s. My grandfather's already in his mid-80s. Um, my, my other grandfather on my father's side passed away within this whole situation. And so I count my blessings. I, this is not the life that I planned for the past three months, but to a certain degree, I think that I've been serving something far more important, uh, within mm -hmm. this period of time. And, and I feel if anything, just to see the rush of people wanting to go back into society and value relationships. Like, I like that I don't no longer, you know, I see people that are in the park or somewhere in New York and nobody's on their phone. People are talking to each other. And that to me is beautiful. I think that this uh, has, you know, brought on a new breath of, of appreciation for, mm -hmm. you know, what we, what we haven't been able to have what we still can't fully have yet. And it's just allowing us to get back at it. I, I like it. I, again, I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying this is a uh, ideal or anything. I'm saying it's, it's good. And obviously from the perspective of everything that's been happening with the, you know, the black lives matter protests and everything, I find it beautiful how people have come together, how organizations have been participating, how, you know, finally the government is already working on laws that will, finally hopefully put a nail in the coffin to all the situation um so you know i think that a lot of bad has happened but that has opened up the door to greater good if yeah, you think about it i agree it. the uh the movement is real and i agree with you like the fact that we're all still i mean the term i could use is we're all still kind of cooped up in my case it's it's less about getting back out there into the real world um 
and just more about seeing people I haven't seen in a long time. Like I've, I remember yeah. saying this when quarant- I remember saying this when quarantine first started. I'm pretty sure that when we all us like tech friends, you know, um, whether it's New York or some show or whatever the case may be, there's going to be some teary eyes in the room because we're all just so happy oh, yeah. around each other again. <laughs> oh yeah, no, my my studio brothers took a photo yesterday, and it's funny. It's five of us at a studio. We have never been in the same room together since we got it in November, <laughs> in December. We have not been in the same room together yet. And so yesterday, they were able to go out in Greenpoint, the four of them, and they were like, crap, we're only missing Jaime. Like, we got to Photoshop this guy into the photo. And it's it's just those <laughs> things. Like, we, I, I'm sure that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to get emotional when I see these guys again. I mean, I, I've... I've I've enjoyed my time without them a lot. They're not the prettiest faces to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I know that I'm going to be ready for whatever emotion comes in because I've been stealing myself. Not really stealing myself. I've been training myself, you know, because one of the biggest addictions that I've had during this entire lo- like quarantine era is just um, Korean dramas. And literally every single one of them will make you cry. So I'm like, my body's ready for an emotional like release again <laughs> because it's like trained to do it and it's am, so am funny I because the only person am i the only person that hasn't been watching tv during this quarantine you might be honestly and i i got my parents into it and they find other shows other korean dramas on their own to find I, i'm no I, longer I, I, the I, conduit <laughs> I'm, i need to save your parents from you <laughs> yeah right um and it's just so it's just so funny like uh um Speaking of speaking of like future events that we might end up seeing each other, um, I still need to do it. I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the show. I had Nick Gray on when this happened, but are, have you registered for IFA yet? Oh yeah, of course. And they they sent out. Uh, I believe already eight hundred journalists have already signed up to go. We're yes, all desperate. Like, 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 like. Uh, I posted a tweet the other day where I was like, it, like, if anybody reaches out for an for an opportunity to travel. I'm like, you had me at hello. Like, you don't have, I don't care. I don't care if we're traveling to Greenland. I will go. Yeah, okay. dude. Like, you know, and again, it goes back to the sense of appreciation. Like, right now, more than ever, I want to travel. Right now, more than ever, you have to remember, most of my very close friends work in the airline industry because I mm. did that for 15 years. And so a lot of them are currently struggling, you know, with the economy. Uh, some of them, most of them have been furloughed. Um, and so I, you know, for me, the opportunity to get back into that industry is a way to support them, uh, you know, from the, from the craziest things. And this is an invitation that I have for everyone. Uh, support your local uh, coffee shop, restaurant. Oh, yeah. Uh, su- support your local barber. Um, support, you know, people that are not buying the, the, you know, the, that are not buying the cleaning cloth that's necessary to, to clean the car of their bodyguards. No, I'm talking, you know, the, these like high corporation people that are going to spend your money on a, on a yacht or something with their Mm -hmm. bonus. No, support the person in the corner who's struggling right now to put his kids through school. Support the person who is is right now trying to make ends meet. I have so many friends that are going through so many difficulties right now that I am trying to provide support as much as possible. And I think this is a challenge that we all have. And what can we do to people, for people, particularly for small businesses? I mean, how many small businesses got support from the stimulus package? None. Yeah. 
That's true. And a lot of really None. big corporations found ways of actually getting the stimulus package still. It was weird. Exactly. Exactly. And so right now I'm like, go to, you know, I, 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 I love my homebrewed coffee, but I still go to my favorite coffee shop just to support people, dude. Cause even if it's a small thing, even if it's a little cup of coffee, it doesn't really matter, but you're, you're helping put food on the table for this people, for these people. And, and we need more of that. Yeah, indeed. Especially now, like com coming from the foodie, um, like definitely all <laughs> of the restaurants nearby, uh, all about that takeout. My birthday is on it is, is, pretty close and i'm already figuring out which restaurants it's going to be like a uh, a taste of la <laughs> i'm going to get a bunch of different restaurants takeout for that day <laughs> do all right it, so do it, man. all right so this week um okay without without really getting too far into it uh as far as like finding stories and whatnot this week was actually a little bit light on just sort of tangibility because there were a lot of announcements that mm -hmm. happened today and then there were some early releases that happened i actually have like you i'm gonna let you take the reins as people are already asking what are your favorite features of android 11 and that's exactly what you've been using for a little while now oh here's my, my pixel God. 3a so I'm, I, I'm oh, ready to you're, download you're, it. <laughs> you're finally downloading. Um, so I've had it for when did it go official? Yesterday. Um, I think yesterday, yeah. I I've had it since minute one. Um, I thought that it was like I think this this is probably the less buggy Android release ever. Public beta. Okay. The only the only issue that I've had is SwiftKey, which I'm not willing to part ways with because I'm multilingual. And I need to be able to type in every language without having to switch. And Gboard is not the best. The best is SwiftKey. Um, and so, uh, it, you know, there are certain applications like Telegram where it won't necessarily pop up the keyboard or the keyboard will go on top of the messaging uh, of the messaging log. And so you, ha you just have to start typing and it'll throw it back where it's supposed to be. Like that mm. is, uh, oh, oye, hermano, claro que me quiero ir para España. One of my really good friends from Spain is riding right now. I, oh. I, I'd go crazy going to Spain right now, like crazy. By by the way, part of the conversation of uh, other people that are going to IFA is like, wh how long are we gonna stay? Because I plan <laughs> to stay in Berlin for long and go somewhere else. I don't know, but yeah, um, it's the. I think the feature that I like most is that it's the least buggy ever. The second thing that I really like about Android 11, at least from day one that I've been using it, my biggest pet peeve with Android is notifications. It's... I'm I was like, going to say, this is our like semi-monthly Jaime rant about <laughs> notifications. I'm like... I'm like, what took you so long? Y cuando vienes a Colombia? Dios santo, no he vuelto a Colombia en casi 20 años. Estoy loco por volver a Medellín. Uh, another friend is asking, when am I going back to Colombia? I haven't been to Colombia in a long time. I think 2002 was the last time I was there. I love Medellin. But yeah, notifications. What took you so long, Google? My God. Like, <laughs> conversations at the top. Thank you. That's what you mostly get notified about. And mm -hmm. I wish that we had a little, I wish that we had a little more granularity, but right now I'll take this over anything. Like I would get so upset over the fact that I do a lot, like in Latin America, we use a lot of WhatsApp. And I would just get so frustrated with WhatsApp notifications being thrown all the way at the bottom and SMS text messages that are full of all the telemarketer spam, that's all at the top. 
And and then Google have themselves claim that they're smart enough to know exactly what you want from notifications, <laughs> and that that's the reason why. And that's the reason why it's not chronologically ordered because they're smarter. And I'm like, you don't know me. You clearly don't know me. What the hell is wrong with you guys? Um, and so yeah, conversations at the top. I love it. Like, I I I can't even begin to tell you how much I'm like. Oh my god! Finally, finally. Now I don't have to dig for what notification just came in, you know? Hmm. Yeah, it, was it always... I, I know that some of the other OEMs tried to change how notifications worked. I remember probably the one that I hated the most was EMUIs because it tried to put the uh, the time next to it, but it was never in order, yeah. so it made no sense <laughs> ever. Um, but yeah, conversations at the top, where do emails land, like Gmail and whatnot? Uh, they'll land conversations this, or below? They'll, they'll, I have, that's a good question. I don't think I've noticed. Um, oh, okay. Let me see. Uh, TK's in the chat. What's up, TK? TK already did a video, by the way, about the differences with Android 11. I have yet to check it out. Well, personally, I, I want to check out Android 11 myself. I'm about 80% into the download, so we'll see. Nice. Um, also, nice. I was explaining to the I was explaining to the chat earlier because someone asked, Pixel 3a, what about your Pixel 4? I was like, you know... Whenever a new Android version comes out or I have to go back to a Pixel, I always go to the 3A. I never go to the 4. It's I have too many good memories with this one. Sadly, my Pixel... Well, I have uh, I have two Pixel 3As, one that's in New York in a, in a bag, and then the second one, which I had here, which Diego was using, and he broke. He Ooh. broke after one, one fall, just one fall. So, obviously, my impressions of Dragon Trail Glass are not good. But you know what, Josh? Because you're so enticed to the Pixel 3a, you should do an after the buzz on it, dude. Particularly I'm now that it. you've got Android 11. Go for it, man. Okay, yeah, I'm into it. We should, I should totally do that for sure. Because I was yeah, mentioning, yeah. and you and you were there when I when I reviewed it in Japan. Like, Isla yeah, was filming that. me. That was, yeah. that was, we were, we were in Japan in the city we both wanted to be on. well you were there a couple of weeks earlier but yeah. we were in our city and you're like nope this is my phone this is the phone that i'm gonna use and i'm like whoa <laughs> i'm like all right cool and and he and here's mr japan number two tk joining the yep. conversation hello exactly buzz well you don't drink tk and we're not drinking yet <laughs> no not yet just it's just like well it's no it's not it's not too early where you are at this point but it's a little early for me um yeah with my boba with my boba straw without boba uh but the the other feature and i'm, I'm getting close I, mean, I think i'm i think i'm close to restarting the phone restarting now okay so i'm going to be able to do some live impressions on the show but the thing i know was added to android 11 that i'm personally actually really excited about um not not just for me for my parents okay there's a reason the power button menu having so the that's, smart home stuff. So that's that's what I was gonna say. So for me, this is the other genius part. You press this button, and then I'm like, okay, floor lamp TV, hold on, and then I'm gonna change the color to there. <laughs> that <laughs> nice. That is like for me. It's like wow, this is so cool. This yeah. is just so cool because it's instant. It's immediate, like, it, I'm just pressing buttons right now. It's going to turn green right now. It's going to turn red right now. It's like, it is just so crazy cool that they thought of... I, I like how, how Dieter... Uh, I, I watched Dieter Bone's video on The Verge. Uh, and how the guy is like, well, this is like that... Uh, it's like the place where you leave your keys. Uh, it's like that, like, wallet where you've got your cards and the things you use most. 
And for me, it was always frustrating. I mean, I have no problem in telling the Google Assistant, hey, do this or do that. But I hate having to dictate exactly what lamp is that one and what lamp is the one that's in front of me and what lamp is the one on the side. I'd rather just have it here in a control. It's in the power yep. button. It's just so easily accessible, like such a genius move. Yeah, I agree. Um, the reason why I'm excited for it for my parents in particular is because here in the house, I mean, in my room, my lamp right here, it's easier for me to just go to that power menu rather than go to LifeX, the app, and then change it there. But for my parents, uh, so previous sponsor of the Pocket Now Weekly, Caseta, the smart switches. From oh, Neutron. yeah. <laughs> Where are they? Uh, we they, have, they, we they, have them they, set They never send me my stuff. They never send me my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, uh, we have the main lamp and then the front door um, lamps, you know, did the whole thing of like have the lights on so it looks like someone's home. And my dad messes yeah. with it all the time. That little remote that they give you with it, he's constantly messing with it because he doesn't know how to use yeah. the app. So if I'm able to get it into uh, that power menu for him, granted, he's not on a Pixel. He's on a OnePlus 7 Pro. So it might take a while for that feature to come up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be easier for him. Speaking of which, here we yeah. are. Android beta program hitting OK. Let's see just Welcome. how much things look different. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> I usually do the betas and whatnot. And obviously, with the fact that Android 11 beta is now here, um, it kind of gives us sort of a light at the end of the tunnel. Because obviously, we have things like the Pixel 4a hopefully coming up. Um, Google is going to start putting up maybe hopefully more announcements and whatnot. So, I mean, does, isn't this a sign of what's to come in a way? It is. It is. I don't know. I, I guess, how can I, I just, I wish that Google did like, what's going to take this company for them to figure out throwing updates to everybody else, dude? Like, hmm. like. Oh God, like why, why is it? Like, I'm not gonna lie, I started using the Pixel 4 XL uh, again uh, as of like three weeks ago. I've I've moved, switched over, made it like one of my two phones. One, because my iPhone is dead. Oh, so by the way, you saw the news of that, the, the green tint that's happening on iPhones and that they no, think it's I a didn't... software bug. Oh yeah, so that I covered that like three days ago. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's all over Reddit right now. And so the funny part is like, guys, I've been having this issue and no, it's not a software bug. Your phone screen will turn completely white at some point. It will just die. Um, and so I, I haven't been able to use my iPhone because of that. And so I'm like, okay, what other phone can provide me the closest experience to an iPhone, uh, pixel, like, you know, yeah. I think that it's just the most concise version of Android. And don't get me wrong, I love Oxygen OS. I just, the camera on the OnePlus 8 Pro is okay. It's not, it's not to die for. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, if I had to pick one phone that could do everything, great photos, good stability, great software updates. And by the way, like, like, Android 10 got a ton of updates on this Pixel. Like a ton of the things that I complained about. I love when I did the, I did a recent video on it uh, and people, and I started complaining about things like, you know, automatically setting um, uh, dark, you know, the dark theme on, on Sunrise or Sunset. And I complained that it wasn't available. And then everybody corrected me in the comments. They're like, what are you talking about? They ca that came out in update number three. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how much Google 
has improved the Pixel 4, and we just don't talk about it because we all stopped using it. And it's not until now that we all pulled it out of the mothballs and, and are, you know, dealing with it. Yeah. Um, just so everybody knows real quick, I, I went to my power menu. Uh, not, not, nothing there yet. I got to I gotta fix that. But apparently if you are on a Pixel, I, I have been seeing this report that Google Pay is not working on this beta for some reason. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Even though it's right yeah. here on the power, power menu for some reason. Um, well, you know, it's, it's just, a beta. It comes with the territory. That's true. Um, I do like the look already, though. Like when I hold the power button, this feels a little bit like a cue from Samsung. Remember how they like co-opted the power button to be Bixby, and then they kind of changed the way the power menu was working. <laughs> then no, I don't remember because that was those were bad times. Those were very very <laughs> bad times. Reading the comments, one of my friends, Carlos, Carlos, brother, a really good buddy of mine, is currently in the comments. I won't get, and then I've got, we've got somebody else, Tech Wizard. I won't even get Android 10, won't get 11. See, that, that's that's my biggest problem. Uh, this guy, he's carrying a Samsung phone. I This is one of the things that really frustrates me. Like, dude, if you, like, the rumors are that iOS 14 will be supported by everybody that has Android, but sorry, iOS 13. Meaning, if you have an iPhone 6S, from what year is that? 2014, 15? Uh, I want to say 2014. God, I mean, oh my God. Uh, iPhone 6S is 2015. 15. I'm trying to remember if that's one I dropped. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. iPhone 6S, I'm looking into the numbers right now, was launched in September 2015. 2015. So. Okay. You you get support on iOS, and sure, Apple's going to fork certain parts of it. You don't get full support. There are certain elements that don't make it to the to the older variants. But yeah, if you've got an iPhone 6s from 2015, you get iOS 14. That is crazy. That is just <laughs> like, dude, that phone launched with iOS 9. <laughs> yeah, super old school. Um, Sorry to interject on this, but I just saw this feature on the Pixel launcher of these app suggestions on the bottom here, this bottom row. Oh, I, I, I twist I that off. I don't like that at all. Like, I look at my okay. So these are my folders. I already have the folders set up for a specific use case, and then there's this whole row yeah. that's pushing them up. Uh, that's I don't know. And by the way, most used apps, I don't use Snapchat. Who uses Snapchat anymore? But <laughs> <laughs> and I also don't, find don't it funny. So I also, I also find it funny that that row is not the same as the top row when you bring up the app drawer. I feel like those should be the exact same thing. So I know, I know. It's a little. This one's a little odd. I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Well, TK know. earlier I... said I have to set up Google Home by the way to get the power menu. I, I totally get that. I will do that soon. But yeah, um, yeah. So far, I mean, so far it feels fine, and so far it seems like it's all right. Uh, but I'll, I'll have more thoughts on it a little later. Yeah, I know. I I wish I wish that uh, it. I I don't know. This version this version of Android is bringing new life, even to that three ninety. What how, what's the what was the price of the three A three ninety nine? I thought it was three forty nine. 
Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. It just brings new life to such an inexpensive phone. I wish Pixel phones got more recognition. I wish they did. Agreed. Yeah, I've I actually agree. been and... I've actually been been using this phone with a case without a case. Like for the this is the first time that I use a phone without a case in a long time. <laughs> I've already dropped it twice. <laughs> it is it is pristine and intact. And I guess I stopped using it with a case because I was like, well, if I break it, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> just, just be, but, but, God, I, I John Rettinger the other day published a video where he was his, the title of the video was like, if only I think it was if only pixels got more recognition. And I wish they Something did. Like, like, they are not bad phones. They're just not the prettiest. They always lag behind in certain technologies. But then, like, the software experience just makes it feel so good. I don't know about I don't know what you think. Well, there's a pretty good point that was just made actually as you were saying that. Um, I wish they were more available worldwide. Uh, that's from Awesome Aaron. I agree. I think that is the rub. Uh, is the problem with Pixels is that I especially the 3A. You know, in markets where we don't usually have sub five, sub four hundred dollar phones of something like this and the iPhone SE make a big splash. But I do think that this phone would be able to penetrate markets where they're already used to paying that much for a, a mid-range slash somewhat flagship phone. Um, they just have to make the effort to be in those markets. So I think if that were the case, we would have more pixel recognition, especially across the board. But here in the US, obviously, there's so much choice. It's all about the flagships. Um, but yeah, I think I think more global markets would actually help its uh, exposure. But then we we also learned when we were in India, if you remember, people were like, "Yeah, but the Pixel Three A is so expensive here. Like, yeah. it's cheaper to buy one any OnePlus phone than buying a Pixel or buying that iPhone SE." We just learned. Um, it's very interesting to see this pricing strategy where Google and Apple are pricing these phones so inexpensive in the United States alone. If you go to Europe, if if you go to Europe, iPhone SE and Pixel 3a are a lot more expensive. If you go to mm -hmm. India, it's just it may it's pointless to buy that thing when you can totally make up for it with a you know with a almost as good phone on the on the OnePlus or whatever, if not better in certain elements. So it, yeah. it it's interesting that these companies do that, particularly in countries like India. Yeah. Definitely. Um, that was always, yeah, I remember when we learned that. It was a really weird fact to be told was that like it was almost, not, I think it was something like 50% more in price in India. So that's the reason why you had like the Redmi's and the Sh Xiaomi's of the world like dominating India. Um, because, but I, 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 I love a comment that we have right now where uh, I'm trying, Aurea Tech. Pixel devices are amazing, but reviewers usually don't understand their purpose. They're not spec showers. It's all about software performance. Uh, okay. It's not that we don't understand. It's just they're not cheap. And so if you're going to charge me the amount of money that they charge for a phone that you're going to spec under when compared to, you know, a Galaxy, a OnePlus, uh, it's very hard, and particularly when you compete against a company like OnePlus, where they do stock Android better than Google. Like, OnePlus does stock Android better than anybody. It's like if they grab AOSP and they, you know, throw in a couple of little things that are very basic, and then they just throw out the purest version of Android that you can get. And so, you know, to a certain degree, 
for me, it's the price versus what you get. Like if Google were still doing what they did in the Nexus days after the Nexus 5, Nexus 4 pretty much, where they dropped the price, but they were still giving compelling specifications and a great software experience, then I'd agree with you. It's just the problem is if you're going to charge me that much for software, uh, I don't think, you know, that's the reason why people don't buy it. Like they're not sexy phones. There is literally no sex appeal in any pixel that's ever launched. <laughs> ever <laughs> so you know it's like it's not the phone that you want to carry and put on a table for bragging rights you're just not going to do that you're you're not going to see the triple rings of the iphone 11 pro or even the dual rings of the iphone 11 you're not going to see that sleek boxy design of the galaxy note I'm not going to talk about the s20 uh but you get the point like there's no sex appeal there is yeah sure there's a okay software experience but like they lag behind in so many things like i'm sorry but the iphone 11 obliterated the pixel when it launched in camera prowess a lot of improvements have come and it's gotten a lot better i'm not saying it was bad it's just apple really ate them up with the launch of the iphone 11 and 11 pro and then you could get that iphone 11 for such little money it was it's hard to sell the pixel in those conditions very hard yeah I, again, I'm fixated on the 3A uh, usually. So when I think about just the 3A in a vacuum, to me, it, that price makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me. And the software experience is good. We were just anecdotally saying earlier that it was my phone when I was traveling. I mean, it was my Google Fi phone. You're not really going to do what I think you're doing, are you? <laughs> Hold on. Somebody's, ask, somebody's asking in the comments to see my toes. You want me to I try that? that comment. <laughs> <laughs> What an oh odd thing to say. That's so Ladies funny, and gentlemen, if, if, you're, if you're ever having a bad day, I highly recommend you go on pocketnow.com, choose any video, and just read the comments. My God. <laughs> it, gets pretty, it gets pretty gnarly up in there for sure. Um, I, I think... Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Uh, well, that, that comment from earlier was saying how the software experience of the Pixel um, is, is, is what it's all about. I agree with you on the Pixel 4 with what you're saying about how it's not, it doesn't meet the competition in any real significant way. Um, like the cameras are great and that's fine. And then like, it's pretty, it's pretty much one of those phones where you're not going to really feel the value of it until you actually take a picture. And even then it has to be something you're looking for. Most people don't look for that specific experience. Meanwhile, on yeah. the 3A, you get, you, you are pleasantly surprised to have that experience knowing that the rest of the phone is affordable and it matches that price yeah. in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, like it's this with a Google Fi is my 2019, like it's not my pick of 2019, but it was my reliable, my reliable go-to oh, for 2019. I, I can't, I can't travel without a pixel. Like I can't, there are two products that will always travel with me. One is a pixel. One is an iPhone right now. My <laughs> iPhone's dead. But Pixel, for me, it was all about Google Fi. And, uh, well, even if uh, right now Google Fi is, it works on every phone, it still doesn't work on every phone like it does on a Pixel, particularly in the States. I like, like that hopping around networks is so great if you're in this, in New York City. And so, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll have a hard time stopping to use a Pixel, but I really am hoping that they, you know, come on, like, they hired HTC like like if there was oh, yeah. a company that did sexy design, it was HTC, man. Like they mm -hmm. literally, they literally did it better than anybody. 
what what's happened here? What are you guys doing with those designers? Like, put them to work. Hire Scott Quirrell again. Scott, such a great guy. Came up with the HTC Touch Diamond all the way. I think Scott left HTC after the 1M7, which is everybody's favorite phone of all time. Most beautiful yeah. phone ever made, according to everyone. All those designs from the Touch Diamond to the 1M7 were Scott Croyle. I, I'll sign a motion any day for Google to hire this guy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Totally agreed. Uh, old friend of the sh uh, old friend of us. I was gonna say the show, but I mean us. Well, old friend of ours. Um, and yeah, like some great design. I mean, my first, my first uh, real fond memory of Android was the HTC Incredible, and I remember saying that to his face, and he goes, "I drew that entire phone from zero. Are to you 100. serious? Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. dude! I was it's like, funny really? when I when I met Scott for the first time, he was already at Nextbit. And so they were showing it off and, you know, they start telling me, you know, their former Google, you know, uh, one of them was a former Google employee. Uh, God, I, I'm, uh, his name is slipping my mind. He was the CEO of Nextwood, really good guy. He's now working in that drone company. Uh, that's, you know, the smart drones. I'm, I'm going to remember. Um, but then Scott is like, yeah, no, I used to work for ACC. And I'm like, oh, cool. What did you do? And he's like, well, I, I designed everything from the touch of diamond on. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> You don't understand. I am about to have a moment right now. You realize I have all these phones in a drawer. I am a fanatic of everything this guy has ever done. And then, like, you know, stupid things. I remember, do you remember the HTC Titan, for example, which was a Windows phone? Or the HTC Sensation? You remember those phones? I remember them by name. I don't remember how they look. I have a Sensation there in, the, in, in my drawer. That phone was so cool that you could you would press a button and it would unsnap the whole bottom of the phone. And it was not just the whole bottom. It was the whole chassis. So if you would drop that phone or really dent the sides or whatever, you didn't have to go buy a case for that phone. You would just go buy the whole outer casing and you had a brand new phone. So long as you didn't break oh. the glass, you were fine. It was the coolest thing. Interesting. I do not remember that. I should look it up later. Um, oh my God! Well, before we Google hire Scott, please. <laughs> Agreed. Um, all right. Well, we are going to have more thoughts on the on Android 11. Obviously, uh, now that the beta is out, I don't know what the uh, release candidates are supposed to be after this, but we'll probably get one or two more versions, and then finally Android 11 proper, which will hopefully be on yeah. the Pixel 4a. Speaking of design of the 4a, I mean all of the all of the leaks and all of the pictures that keep coming out about the 4a. I mean, who knows? Who knows what it's going to end up looking like? But it doesn't look. It, it doesn't look like it's going to be radically different from what we're holding in our hands right now anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, that'll do it for our first part of the show. I do want to let everyone in the live chat know if you do have questions for us, we're going to get into some like general topics. We're going to talk about a couple of announcements, but this is the time to get your questions in. And with that said, we're going to get into a short break. So I have my tweet deck open and I don't go on Twitter very often. I actually have this new thing now where on every phone I uninstall Twitter so I don't get the notifications and I'm very intentional with my Twitter usage because I open a browser and then go to Twitter. That's only that's the only time I let Twitter be a part of my life now. But what, what, what has Jack ever done to you? <laughs> He's actually doing some great stuff, but we're not going to get into that. Um, that's what so, I was about to say. 
Yeah, um, but that said, today has been a pretty interesting day in Twitter. Um, on the one hand, we had, a, I do want to make sure we give a shout out for a shout out. Uh, Michael Fisher did share last episode uh, our conversation about Black Lives Matter, and it got some traction because of that. So thank you to Michael. Michael's always a great friend of the show, as you know, of course, uh, and everyone loves him. He, so he thank you for that, He Michael. created it. <laughs> he pretty created much. it. Um, he, he, he gave a, he gave a compliment that like, you know, thank you for continuing to do good with the show. And I'm like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta gratitude back to you, Michael. Thank you so much. Another thing that happened today though, <laughs> is the PS5 reveal. It's not really a launch. We just got a good look at what the hardware is going to be. And everyone is tweeting about it. Everyone's tweeting that picture of the console. Everyone's tweeting like, you know, some of the games that were announced, but me, I'm I'm the not I'm not a contrarian. I just try to be different. I, I my tweet says something about a station that plays, and then that was when Michael responded with, "Is this what it's like for all the non-mobile folks when they see Twitter after a new phone comes out?" Because <laughs> he's not a gamer. He's not a PS4 or five guy. So, um, well, ne- so ne- out- neither am I. Diego is. I have been ah. seriously considering buying one. Mm-hmm. My problem with PlayStation is I'm never in the same place for more than this. And so this I'm not going to be carrying a PlayStation with me. <laughs> I'd, I'd, need, I'd need three PlayStations, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, It is one of the biggest holes in Sony's ecosystem is a good streaming solution. Um, because yeah. for me, like especially here... It's one thing for me to be at this desk all the time with my PS4, it's connected to this monitor, my desktop, whatever the case may be, and I'm sitting here and I'm playing for hours, um, if I ever do get to play. I don't get to play very often. But there are times when I turn on remote play so I can play like on the couch outside or in the front porch or something like that. It would be great if they were able to get that level so that we could play our games even when we're out of our homes. Um, They're not great at that yet. But maybe it'll be the case with this upcoming just monster of a beast PS5. Now, today's SSJ3 SSJ3S says it looks like a damn spaceship. But it's yeah. nice that it but it's nice that it has both a digital variant and a console variant with a disc. Ooh. Yes, so that was what I was about to say. The uh the design of the PS5, as it was actually revealed, uh, looks nothing like what those renders were uh, back when we were leaking it all to hell. Uh, it actually looks a little bit like it looks like uh, some someone said it looks like a really crazy router, like something you would see from Netgear. <laughs> but it does have sort of <laughs> it has sort of this like flowery side to it, and then there are some very obvious vents at the top. Um, if I had to use an analog, it actually personally, I think it takes quite a few cues from this desktop right here which i recently got from msi because up here this do me a favor do me a favor Hmm? who's this guy that's commenting right now fn oh i was c yeah i was about to can you can you block the guy like yeah seriously yeah do me a favor dude Um, before before we block you get a life come on anyways (laughs) i think i already blocked them i've actually blocked like half a dozen people during this broadcast already like i mentioned about two weeks ago when like stuff was happening uh i have zero tolerance on this show anymore so if you come yeah. in here acting like an asshole i am going to block you immediately so don't even yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sorry guys i mean we're being nice to you we're like we're not making fun of anybody in the comments we're actually responding to your questions and we're being as cordial as possible so just like you deserve respect so do we sorry about that you know that's just yeah that's life it's the golden rule yeah well 
Shouts out to the live chat who are all a good part of the conversation. Thank you so much for sticking yeah, around. Thank, thank, you, saying, thank you to all those that are. So what I was saying before is that the uh, PS5, I feel like, is going to be about maybe three quarters the size of this desktop right here. But this up, this little slit up here, this is actually where the heat dissipates from this desktop. And it's the same thing with the PS5. So um, mm -hmm. it, it strikes me as a console that's supposed to always be standing. There is one photo of it on the side, but I think it was, who was it? Was it Dieter or, or I'm trying to remember who it was from The Verge who said it looked, it just looks like a sandwich if you have it on its side. Um, all of that said though, like the design looks fine. I, I think it's a good looking console. The games obviously are going to be what drive uh, the experience of this as with anything. But one thing I did find interesting is that one of the peripherals that Sony showed off during the reveal is a media remote. And that got me thinking, if a media, if the media remote is, is really something they're pushing, then maybe they are trying to make the PS5 your all-in-one solution. So put away your NVIDIA Shields, put away your Chromecasts, put away all of those they other should. things. This PS5, yeah, this PS5 is going to be everything. Um, can I say why? Can I say why it should be everything? Hmm. Why does it have to be so big? <laughs> True. I mean, there's there's a lot going on in there that's supposed to be future proof. So okay, so so let let me just say this: if that P, like, what <laughs> is it about that hardware that requires it to be so big? It's the size of a desktop PC. It like it's it's huge, um, and and I'm like because for me, I would have no problem in traveling with that thing if it were the size of a Switch or a little bigger. Like, if it were the size of an eGPU, for example, like the one we have, the one you recommended that I get, I would travel with that thing everywhere. Like, I could put it in my carry-on, and but why is it so large? Like, it makes no common sense. I wish I had the answer to that, but having, having gone from... I actually did not have the PS1. I had the PS2 onward. Um... It's clear to me that the cycles of the consoles need to have basically what we what you would call futuristic hardware. So what is inside of the PS5 is basically like an Nvidia 3080 <laughs> that is meant to be powered with today's peripherals, which means big ass fans, it means big old hard drives, it means vents that sprout out from the yeah. top. You know, so this thing is supposed to be going for like 5 years minimum. You know, yeah. Um, awesome. Moran says, yeah, it's heat heat management most likely. It's just that's the reason why your PS5 needs to be everything. It's just so large. Like, what space is left for you to have your Apple TV or your set top box? Yeah. Like, guy, yeah. I I'm like, you know, this is the time of miniaturization. I mean, we're seeing, you know, gaming laptops from Razer that are crazy thin and very capable. I'm not saying that there ha that there's no reason. That's, you know, whatever the reason is for that size, it's fine. Um, I just, I, I think that, like, just like they did with that PlayStation Slim, they, like, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting sort of like a slim variant of the PS5 mm. to show how technologies, like, dude, the Mac Pro, is, you can stack that thing up with so many things and sure it's not it's a large computer but it's a mac pro you know like it's it's got so much additional functionality than just the gaming console you know just the the graphics card and the heat dissipation should not be that large that's me 
Yeah, I think that um, just like with the PS4, actually a better example would be the PS3 because when the PS3 first came out, that's actually my least favorite design. It was really like, it was really thick and it just wasn't, it wasn't even big. It was just thick and uh, the, the, the lines weren't that great. But then as time went on, they created slim versions, matted versions, like versions that didn't need that kind of size. Same thing with the PS4. Like you said, the PS4 Pro and the PS4 Slim showed that there are different versions. I am interested yeah. in seeing what three years from now an updated PS5 would look like. Um, but to the point of uh, it being a little bit slimmer, that was what someone... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't scroll back right now, but um, there is a version of the PS5 that uses Blu-ray and actual discs, and then there's another version that is actually slimmer because it's a pure digital device. You're only going to be downloading your games. There's no physical copies anymore, which that makes sense to me. I am so down for that because I barely buy discs as it is from a PS4. Dude, what's what's the size of the largest solid state drive right now? Uh, did you get the did you get the Surface Pro X by any chance? Yes. It's did did you see did you see the size of that SSD? Uh no. Oh, is it like a NVMe type? You can replace that thing and it's this big. It's the oh. size of like dude, it's literally the size of a of a of a of an SD card, probably a little larger. Um and it's full speed, I think it's it's DDR, sorry. No. What's what's I'm trying to remember what kind of of of, of storage it is. But like there is no reason for a product up until 1 terabyte of storage to require, you know, any significant size. If if it's not just you know, probably one of the reasons why I do understand that it's large is because, you know, PlayStations are not really expensive if you compare it to a computer. Think about it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you, you could buy three PlayStations for the, for the price of a slim computer. And so, truly, you know, the, the compelling idea of miniaturization is not there if, you know, what they're trying to do is keep the price down. If their business is mostly to sell the games that are going on the console. True. Yeah, very, very true. Um, speaking of which, those games, I mean, there are the obvious additions that we'll see in the next gen. Um, there's a, uh, one of my, one of my homies was actually tweeting that the update to Horizon Zero Dawn is one of the biggest announcements. Um, a Miles Morales uh, centric version of the new Spider-Man game is coming out. It's basically his story, which is great to see as well. Uh, I'm always into like the Gran Turismo, the Gran Turismo series because those really show what the graphics could be like. It's just a hyper-realistic racing game. So I'm excited about all of this. Um, I personally, the thing that just sort of caught my eye was that media remote. And if we're able to actually get the same functionality of like, let's say a, a high-end Roku, inside of the ps5 as well why not i'm totally there with you like i have my nvidia shield over there same. and i would be happy to retire it <laughs> same same but don't don't make me use the controller for the for controlling the tv like yeah that's why they have a know, remote <laughs> it, it, yeah but I, but i mean have it be good enough like i find it so funny how companies like cripple their own products because they want to force you to do certain things even if they provide you like a remote option and stuff like that they're still I not know. great that's true. I do. I, I do. And, and PlayStation has done that before as well. I will admit. Um, yeah, all right. Well, yeah. so you also mentioned you, you did mention a second ago um, Surface Pro X, which is actually the way I'll segue into yet the other announcement that did happen today. 
uh, the next Apple event has a date. And from oh, yeah. things that we've been hearing recently, one major announcement is what everyone is expecting. And I guess I can let you uh, get excited for it because I know a lot of people are. <clears throat> oh my God. An ARM, <laughs> Mac OS running on ARM. That is going to be interesting. That is going to be so interesting. You want to know why? Because if there's one company that can do it right, it's Apple. And you want to know why? Because literally iOS and iPadOS are to a certain degree a forked version of macOS that's always run on ARM. They already have the technical prowess to do it. And they already have the optimizations. All they need is to pretty much throw in the added layers, but obviously they needed, they needed the power for those added layers. I am like, I'm going to go crazy. Like if they bring out that new, the, you know, the MacBook, the 12 inch MacBook, like that product disappeared for a bit. You know, it, it has its stints where it was like the white MacBook and then at first it was like the aluminum MacBook that became the MacBook Pro. Then they brought out the, the polycarbonate white model. And then out of the blue, boom, the 12 inch MacBook, which didn't really fit in any category because you had the iPad Air, which was the entry, you know, the consumer variant. You had the MacBook Pros, which were the pros. And so the MacBook, the, the MacBook didn't have like a spot within their vision. It was just, hey, this is what we can do and you can buy it. But Intel, like, it's funny how Apple is back to the situation they were with PowerPC 15 years ago, where they came, there came a point where PowerPC was good enough for them and they pulled, they used it for a while and then out of the blue, they just moved to Intel uh, because Intel was just providing the best uh, power, power to price ratio. Thing is, it's we're going back to that. Like people are disappointed with these 10th generation Intel processors, dude. Like Intel has been fumbling with their with their you know with their architecture. And yesterday I got I read this comment over how much these like new Intel this new Intel 10 nanometer can't be considered the same as others. I don't know. Like all I care about is performance. You could tell me what they could do as much as you want, but in real day use, if they're not able to pull it when compared to you know, even like I, I know that you can't compare a desktop computer and all their capabilities to an ARM chip. It's just, if Apple already has experience in making their operating systems work on ARM, can you imagine macOS optimized for an ARM chip? I think it would be like crazy. I'm not saying that they're going to stop using Intel. I think that they're going to continue doing it. I think that their pro lineup is going to continue being Intel, or they're going to move to AMD. I do believe that you're still going to have the trucks. You're still going to have the workhorses. But then I think that their MacBook Air line is going to eventually move into ARM. I think it just will. So, so the reason why, because when this rumor first started coming out, I remember it was actually Issa who was super excited about it because she was just happy to, to, she was happy at the prospect of a MacBook Pro actually lasting in terms of battery life longer than <laughs> what she's used to. Um, but what got me is that you, you're right, that Intel or AMD will still be part of the mix. And I think it, it has to be because on the one hand, you might have uh, iPad OS that could easily fork into a Mac OS on ARM. I get that, that's great. All of Apple's own applications are going to work, but then you have all the people who might be on like Adobe applications, or you might have all the people yeah. who are on other apps and they still well, need Intel. But think about it. They already ported Photoshop, full Photoshop to the iPad. This has been a work in progress, dude. This has been a work in progress. 
iOS was always an armed strip that strip down version of OS 10. Mm-hmm. That was the selling point. I even I actually watched the Steve Jobs presentation of the original iPhone where he's like iPhone runs OS 10. It's not a baby operating system and probably people don't really remember these things. But I remember that one of his points was, you know, come on, we do networking better than anyone. And yes, if you wanted to connect an iPhone to Wi-Fi 10, 12 years ago, it was always faster on an iPhone than in anything else. You would see Mm -hmm. Windows mobile phones and Android phones have to negotiate their way to get connected. It was always like the worst experience. And so... You know, iOS has always been ahead of the curve in ARM. A lot of people don't remember this, but Apple was one of the... I don't know what what Apple's involvement was in the creation of ARM, the architecture, but it was mm. built for the Apple Newton pr- prior to the Steve Jobs day. Well, you know, Steve Jobs was fired during that period of time. But for the Newton, that's... For, for the Newton, that's when the ARM architecture was born and they sold off those shares when they pretty much all, well, I think they pretty much declared bankruptcy. But Apple had a lot to do with that, with the creation of the architecture. Then they came up with the iPhone, they came up with the iPad, and it's clear that a product like the MacBook has a niche. I would go crazy with that MacBook. I would be like, I don't care if you charge me a thousand bucks for a computer that lasts two days and you know, can do everything. And fine, if it doesn't do video editing, that's cool. But dude, can you imagine? Can here's the, I, I don't know how it's going to work because Thunderbolt is an Intel technology. So this is one of the reasons why I don't think they're going to make the move away from Intel fully. Thunderbolt is Intel. They created the technology. And so yeah. I don't think that you're going to be able to use an eGPU on that ARM MacBook. That makes sense. I don't yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And you also have to remember that the Mac Pro was launched how long ago? A couple of weeks ago? The new Mac yeah, Pro? Yeah, it wasn't that long. Yeah, it wasn't that long and ago. So, and so, no, they're not going to stop using Intel. Uh, I saw the timeline uh, that they were going to move, that they were going to move fully away from Intel in 2021. I don't think it's going to happen. Not when they're charging you $60,000 top price for the Mac Pro. There are still things that, you know, Intel chips will just do better than anything else. That's just the way it is. But it's also support, you know, because if they're going to move away from Intel, they better speed up the process of porting like Adobe. I keep coming back to Adobe apps, but they got to speed up the porting to like the ARM based iOS or or OS 10 rather. Um, But here's my question. You you mentioned about video editing. That's going to be the rub for us in particular. I I get that we're niche users in a way, but like LumaFusion, buddy, if LumaFusion can do it multi-layer video editing what makes you think that adobe hasn't like think about it adobe and apple have been in bed for 30 years pretty much adobe owes itself to apple Mm -hmm. to a certain degree so so i know that they've been working on this for years i mean think about it the iphone project project purple was two and a half years in the making where nobody knew about it nobody knew about it that is true and so i mean and and so the the moment they ported that photoshop to ipad pro what do you think you think that that's the only thing they've been working on porting no buddy (laughs) trust me trust me and for and and so here's the thing for these companies it's only beneficial for them to 
be be a part of the walled garden because you know apps from Adobe still deal with piracy even on Mac OS and even on on Windows. Piracy is still a problem to them, whereas they don't have to deal with any sort of piracy on iOS devices because the store is a closed ecosystem fully. You can't sideload applications unless you jailbreak. And I think that that's going to be the story with these ARM computers. <coughs> it's either the store or nothing. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I guess in my case, it's just that if, if things are still behind closed doors, I'm looking forward to whatever that announcement might be. But I will say this, before DaVinci Resolve came into my life, if Premiere Pro had made it onto like an iOS type device, I would have converted to Apple years ago. <laughs> so to me, it's this whole thing of like, uh, not too little too late. I'm just saying that, you know, we're this far now and we're still waiting for that to happen. So if they're going to move away from Intel completely, I don't think I'm with you. I don't think it's going to happen for a while because you still need Intel for some of those applications. So that's, that, that's my whole thing is just that if I mean it, if, if Premiere Pro was on an iPad, I would have told, I would have said goodbye to PC. <laughs> I would be PS4 and iPad or in MacBook. <laughs> that would have been it. <laughs> Dude. Dude, I'm I'm sorry. Like I, I told you that I, I picked up a couple of college courses again during COVID because, mm -hmm. you know, and dude, like my iPad Pro is a beast. Like it's everything and a student needs. It's funny because one of my class, so I'm doing statistics too. That's one of my classes, and I have to do a lot of like you know old formulas and everything. And this this uh the teacher wants everything handwritten. He just doesn't know that I use Microsoft OneNote. He doesn't know that I will I will write everything on OneNote and then I'll just take a screenshot of it and then scan it like if it were like a PDF scan using Genius Scan and then I just I crop out the portions from the from the UI and I just send it that way and people can't tell the difference. And so, you know, it's 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 crazy how functional these products are. And one of the main reasons, and somebody, somebody is making, bringing out, what about the always connected MacBook like Windows ACPCs? Okay, it's a, Sherwin, thank you for your comment. Here is the thing. I'm making a video right now of the Surface Pro X after six months of use. And I'm not going to give it away over the premise, but I'm just going to tell you one of the things that I wish it did better. I think that the biggest problem with the always connected PC is not Qualcomm. It's not the Snapdragon. It's not the 8CX. If you think about it, that's where I think that it won't just be an A14 chip. I think that Apple is going to come up with a special chip for these MacBooks, sort of like the 8CX or the SQ1, which is the fork version of the 8CX that Microsoft collaborated with Qualcomm. I think it's going to be not your typical phone chip. It's going to be a beast of transistors, a large extreme everything that's you know self-contained and everything. I think that that's what we're going to get. Probably like an A14, like, whoa, like W for wow or some, you know, whatever. If, if they give it that name, I patented it. But here's the problem. Um, I feel that the biggest problem with the always connected PC is Windows. It's not the, you know, I love the ideal of using Windows on an always connected computer that runs on a phone chip, but I'm not using real Windows. It's an emulated version of Windows. And the yep. emulator is not great. And so here we have all this power 
that's being marred by a legacy operating system that does not really work that way. And so nothing that's emulated has ever been great. Nothing. And so I'm not saying it's bad. I use it. I use my Surface Pro X a lot. If I, I'll choose that over a Chromebook any day. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But... <laughs> Yeah, but... Microsoft is just still behind. Because to your point earlier, I mean, Apple has been developing their software for this architecture already. Meanwhile, Microsoft is still playing catch for up with years. it. And there's so many apps. Yeah, there's so many apps that don't work. And, and here's so. the thing. I, I, I wonder what happened to the original. There was an ARM version of Windows. Windows RT. It yep. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sucked, but you have to remember when Windows RT was created. It was what seven years ago. Mm -hmm. When was yeah. Windows? I'm trying to remember the date for Windows RT. So why it continued. Does it... Uh, it continued the the story tradition of any Windows with a name that wasn't a number sucked. <laughs> M E <laughs> Vista <laughs> RT. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm not I'm not going to join you on that one because NT is the basis. It's the backbone of modern Windows. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> I forgot about NT. But yeah, no. So Microsoft, so Windows RT was launched on 2012. So you have to remember that came out on an Nvidia chip that was trash. Like it was trash on phones. I don't even like I had that Surface RT. It's probably holding paper somewhere. I do know I have that computer somewhere. I just don't know where. But I, I feel that if Microsoft would give that, you know, that ARM version of Windows a second chance, you know, if they would bring it back to a certain degree, um, and, you know, it, I, like, I think that that should be Windows 10 and S mode that only works with the, you know, with certain applications. Um, I do know that Microsoft has had a terrible experience porting applications uh, having developers support them, I think they they just need to figure it out, man. Because Apple, Apple, whatever Apple does, they just do it well, you know. Because developers will just flock to do to build their applications. Because to a certain degree, I don't know what it is, but they make money with Apple. They just do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, what was the actual date of WWDC? I forget uh, off the top of my head. I know I have uh, it here somewhere. I think it's. Uh, I think it's 22nd, June 20th, no. uh, June 22nd, yes, June 22nd, so just, just a matter of days after my birthday. So we'll see if they have some gift for me of some sort. <laughs> and, um, and, and what, and, yeah. and what do you think of, what do you think about the image of teaser? It's literally young people all using a Mac. I had not thought about that. Um, now that I'm looking at it, it is intriguing, but it brings me back to my original point that I hope that if they make this move to ARM that it's ready for the demands of the creative because that's what that and, and, image makes me think of. And here's the thing, Josh. If they price that thing, if they price that thing aggressively, it's going to blow everybody out of the water. It just is. They already proved it with the iPhone 11. Then they did it again with the iPhone SE. If they launch an ARM version of this computer and they price it at less than 800 bucks or something like that, where, you know, iPad Pro is like a niche, but then you've got like the really inexpensive iPads that also support Apple Pencil. And then they price this thing aggressively where, yeah, you can tear it up and pay thousands of bucks if you want. 
but you can go like really low, that's going to be the computer that every student is going to want. If you get told that you're going to have a computer that's going to last you all day, no fans, it'll kick like crazy. And it'll be priced for less than a thousand bucks. Dude, people are going to flock to that thing. So if you remember the MacBook Air when it was originally launched, it was crazy expensive. And then that didn't work. They pulled, they shoved, they shoved that project. And then they launched the web shape, the wedge shaped MacBook Air. And then they priced it as a consumer product. And so I feel that that's the future of the MacBook. It's going to become the consumer product. They're going to price it below the MacBook Air use the old hardware and just throw in an arm chip there and because they're going to control the component dude and it's going to be so that how much are they going to cut off their costs that they don't need to buy the intel graphics or the intel chip it's yeah. dude it, that's that's going to be like a killer it's going to be a killer product apple is going to dominate and right now in this economy this is what you need affordable products that's what you need yep 100 percent um, all right. Well, we'll see what that ends up being like June 22nd. We'll probably even have some sort of a show like around that time just so we can respond and react to everything that gets announced at WWDC. Uh, we have, wow, hour blew by, didn't it? Um, so yeah, we are just over an hour on the show. Um, I will go ahead and call it on this one. Uh, thank you to everybody in the live chat that was giving us your questions and being part of the conversation. Jaime, is there any, any last words you want to give? Anything you want to plug? Anything specific you want to tell everybody? Uh, no, on the contrary, it's, uh, we've got a couple of, I think these have been, regardless of the difficulties, these have been good times. And I, you know, I, if anything, it's gratitude. Thank you everyone for watching. Thank you everyone for supporting us. Uh, we have been trying to make more videos than we've ever made. Uh, and <laughs> we've been trying to do it to a certain degree. You know, I, I, I've always have the mentality of keeping myself busy in hard times so that I don't think about the problems and I just focus on more important things. And, and, you know, we've been trying to do as much work as possible, you know, to entertain us to a certain degree in, in these rough times. And I just, I can't wait for us to get back to normal, but at the same time, I do invite everybody to remain careful. Like, you know, you still can get sick. Uh, and so it's it's very important for us to just ease into this and just enjoy our times. Guys, I really want you watching our videos, but at the same time, whenever you get a chance to be with your friends again, put your phones down. Enjoy the opportunity to embrace those relationships in person and be there. Don't be like, you all, you've already had three months of being on your damn phone. It's in that stuff <laughs> boring, damn it. <laughs> yep, indeed. And that's that's my problem. I'm on my phone way too much, so I don't sleep well. So that's why that's my thing I have to fix coming up. Uh, but with all that said, we do have a lot of content, obviously, over at the YouTube channel, over on the website. So make sure you follow the, all of those accounts, especially social media like Instagram, where we do these recordings at the end of every week. All right, cool. With all that said, I'll go ahead and pop it into the outro. And with that all said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode. Follow Jaime all over the place uh, on his social media and also, of course, at the Pocket Now YouTube channel. Head over to youtube.com slash pocketnow and subscribe to the channel because we have videos coming out pretty much every single day. From there, you can also follow me. I also do my own tech videos on youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara. You can find supplementary content sometimes there, but also all of the other videos that I would do over on my channel. After that, you can head over to my social media handles. I am at JVTechT on Instagram. 
Instagram and Twitter. After all, you know me, I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. I haven't said this in a little bit. Our theme song for the show is by an artist called Pinevok in an album called Cell Division Music for Smartphones. The songs are App Store and Smartphone. Find all of that and every link that we talk about in this episode in the show notes. And from there, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for listening to the Pocket Now Weekly podcast or watching it over on the IG Live and on IGTV at the Pocket Now Instagram account. And with all that said, we're going to go ahead and see you in our next episode.